Today on Inside the Mind of an Entrepreneur. I was I would definitely I call it the quarter life crisis. That's when you have <laughs> yeah because I was graduating from college. I had no idea what I was going to do. I had the pressure of my parents being super successful. I'm an only child. And so yeah. for me it wasn't dreading. For me it was like I was I felt like I was kind of dying a little bit on the inside. I wasn't mm. growing. I felt dull. I just can't turn back. You just keep going. I love it. Move forward. It's like, you know, that saying, um, you know, if, if you're in hell, keep going, right? Um, whatever. Do you know what I'm yeah. talking about? That saying, yeah. yeah. If you're going through hell, keep going. Keep going, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey. Hi. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm on speak. I'm on speaker. Is that that's cool? Okay. That's that's cool. I am too, and 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 the audio comes out great. Perfect. So, how's everything going today? Everything's great. I took a seven a.m. Soul Cycle class. Yeah. Yeah. Took care of my daughter, brought her to preschool, so so I could have the space and the time to do this. So, You're perfect awesome. morning. You're awesome. Very good. So, uh, I think we met, uh, the first time we met was in Rotterdam. Is that correct? Maybe. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, there's so many events, I can't keep track. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Rotterdam. I remember, so, uh, I remember, yeah, so- I remember being both on the boat in, in France. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. That was yeah. that was really a lot of fun. So uh, let's 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 jump into it. So what kind of let's tell everybody uh, what kind of business are you in today? So um, currently I am in the business of having an architecture firm and I'm also in the process of starting a new venture. But I think we should talk about the, the architecture firm because it's, you know, it it. It's super successful, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know it's. I knew nothing about architecture, and um, and it's it's really blossoming. It's beautiful. So I think we should concentrate on that. And my new venture is I'm starting life coaching, spirituality coaching, which helps me in creating the architecture firm. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's jump into. Uh... Your story, how did you get through this journey of life that you've been on? How did you get to becoming, you know, having this architecture firm? Okay, so, um, well, I guess we'll start from, you know, I came here as an immigrant. I was eight years old. So growing up, obviously, we had nothing. But I did have, you know, amazing parents that always pushed work ethic and, mm-hmm. you know, getting good grades. So so my mission in life while I was still in, in school was getting perfect grades because that was basically my way to freedom, my way to have things I want in this life. Um, I went through that. And then once I hit college, I didn't know what to major in. I was completely lost. And my mom's like, oh, it doesn't matter what you major in. As long as when you come out, you'll have, you have a great job and the paycheck will make you happy. So that was my upbringing. Yeah. The reality is we, we all know the paycheck could 
you know, make you happy for a little bit, but the, you know, in the big scheme of things, that will not bring you happiness. Of course. So, and yeah. I just wanted to just, just go back for just a second, going back to, um, um, when you thought, you know, when you were in school and you didn't know what you, what you were doing, I don't know if anybody really knows, you know, coming out of high school and going into college, what they really want to do, you know, with their life. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think majority of people have no idea, but yet we're forced to know and pick a major and <laughs> right? invest yeah, tons of money and, and, and time and figuring out what we want to do for the rest of our lives. That's just unrealistic. It's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure yeah. on young adults to uh, yeah. make those decisions at such a young age. And I just figured out what I wanted to do a couple of months ago and I'm 51. There you go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, and I'm sure that may change too as you know as the time goes by because we're we're constantly changing and it's okay to change. For some reason we were taught that you need to pick one thing and stick with it. I don't, you know, sense because we're constantly evolving. Yeah, that's probably maybe possibly due to our parents, you know, just them passing things down from their grandparents because, you know, years ago, you know, my grandparents they worked in one job and that was it. Yeah. You work a one yep. job, you get your pension, and, and you're all set. Nowadays, you, there are no pensions. You got to work hard, and and you got to save money for your own retirement. Yep. So yeah. So go ahead. Keep, yeah. So, sorry to interrupt, but I just want oh. to get that point yeah. across to everybody. Yeah. So you know, I and when I was in college, I majored in IT because at the time that's that's when the market was hot, and I thought I'll come out making money doing that, but I. I'm not good at tech. I did not like it, but you know, just pure will and force. I I graduated with good grades, and then I I was always into entertainment. Like, who doesn't like the entertainment industry, right? It's so fun. So I landed an internship at MTV. So I was in MTV for a year interning, thinking this is going to be the best thing ever. The reality is, it was super corporate. Super corporate. Everyone's sitting. Yeah, everyone's sitting in their cubicles, and that (laughs) that did not light me up at all. So I was like, okay. And yeah, and then if you if if you get a job, you make at the time it was twenty eight thousand dollars in Manhattan, which was absolutely nothing. That wouldn't even cover rent, really. So I was just like, okay, I don't want to be in the corporate world making absolutely nothing. This is not even fun. So. you know, growing up, I was taught you should you should be a doctor or lawyer. So I naturally went to law school. Um, yeah, I, I went to law school thinking that, okay, at least I'll make money coming out of law school. So is that is so so Prima, let me just just go back there for a second. So were you pretty much, you know, you got into, you know, IT. I did IT, too, because, you know, I loved it, though. And, you know, that, that's what my heart was. So I, I really enjoyed that. But you know, when you got into that MTV gig, I was just so surprised to hear that. You know, when you think of MTV, you you would think that the culture would be so like open open spaces, no cubicles, and that's when you said MTV. You know, that's what you know. That's what kind of my my mind was going. And you got into that environment. If it was open and it was more of the culture you were looking at, would you have thought about staying there? But it was it was more about you know getting a good paycheck to survive. You you live in New York, right? Yeah, I live in Manhattan. Yeah. Ha. So. So then you decided, lawyer. So, so, yeah. So I mean, this was back in two thousand and one, two thousand and two. So maybe things are a little different there now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I did get to go on on shows and you know and like dance at the 
um, like backstage dance, not backstage, but like in the pit of different MTV shows. And that was sort of fun, but yeah. it was definitely, but it definitely did not spark me to the point where like, okay, this is where I want to be. Um, were so, you struggling? Yeah. Were you struggling to find, um, I don't know, I want a purpose or yes. how, how, what was your mindset at that time? Yes, I was, I would definitely, I call it the quarter life crisis. That's when you have, yeah, because I was graduating from college. I had no idea what I was going to do. I had the pressure of my parents being super successful. I'm an only child. And I was, I, I definitely, I was depressed. I had, wow. I was super lost and depressed. And that's, but you know, problems are actually gifts, right? So yes. that's when um, I found spirituality and God, because I also, I grew up you know, I came from former Soviet Union where religion was against the law. So I didn't grow up with having God in my home, mm -hmm. uh, even though culturally we're Jewish, but we didn't practice anything. So that's when I when I got into meditating and really looking more inwards. And I found my my guru, my meditation teacher, who's still my teacher to this day. Um, and so so that being lost and being depressed and not knowing what to do with myself led to a beautiful um, life now and, and then the process. And that's what helped me in everything that I do now. So you had that awakening when you were like, I love that quarter life crisis. That is fantastic. Yeah, exactly what it is. You know, you get out of college and you don't know what the hell to do with yourself. Yeah, I was I was. You know, I, I think I was I started getting depressed when I was around 19 and then mm -hmm. around 2022, 20, that's when I got into reading different self-help books and, you know, digging deep. And um, yeah. So if you could just give anybody a hint out there that's in that space right now, they just graduated college. It's so it was self-help books. Is that what you that you try yeah. to focus on? Well, well, because I didn't again, I didn't know what to do because my whole purpose my whole mission was okay I need to find something I love to do um, I need to find something where I could make a good living and you know enjoy it and I had no idea what I actually loved because growing up all I was not all but I was mainly taught you know work hard in order to make a living because we didn't mm -hmm. have anything so I never had the luxury of actually searching and seeking what what I enjoyed what lit me up because I was just on a mission to get good grades, to get a great job. So it was the first time in my life I was like thinking like, what do I actually love? I had no idea. And then I started reading books on how to figure out what one loves. And they mm -hmm. said meditating. Yeah. So, so that's what, and then, so that's my, and this was in 2002. So that's when before, nobody was meditating. Nobody was and meditating was, in 2002. And there was no, and there was no Google. There was no way to even find. So, yeah. So I, I went on to Yahoo Yellow Pages online, and I, I typed in meditation instructors, and a couple came up. And my instructor, he he was never listed because he doesn't charge. He he takes on only a few students that are not. It's, it wasn't a business. Right. So it was definitely God, grace intervening and leading me mm -hmm. on that on the path of, of spirituality. And so I know there's there's like right now, I know you did it back when nobody was meditating because that was like so far and back in the, you know, the early 2000s. Yeah. What type of meditation did you take up at that time? Because there's trans trans 
is it transcendental transcendental this transcendental meditation yeah that you know that uh maharashi yeah yep that's not what i did i did so my teacher his guru is sai baba and which is in um an indian guru so the mm-hmm. point of the meditation is is controlling one's mind mm-hmm. because our mind is is like you know it runs all over the place and we tend to identify with the mind mind is us it's who we are and then we follow it and run after it but yet i feel like we're just chasing our own tail the ego yep so mm-hmm. the the point of this of the meditation that i was taught is to step away from the mind, watch the mind, see what it's saying, not identify with it, and see if that's what you really want to do. Mm. So it's for the first time in my life I was able to um, connect with my soul, with 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 my essence, and I being able to look at my mind because before I was just following the mind, and that's what caused my depression and unhappiness. And now I was able to see really like who i who i am as as a as um as a soul wow you got to celebrate that that's 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 amazing for you to find that that awakening at such a young young age i mean that's kudos to you prima that's that's beautiful thank you and i feel and any college student anyone could do it you know my have i have a young daughter she's four and i and i'm already you know you know planting those seeds so it, it's it's it age obviously it's a matter of just intent and you know some people think you need to sit i mean i tried meditation my my mind runs constantly <laughs> uh but you know some people think you got to sit down for three hours four hours and you know hum and ha and ooh and ah and it's not really like that no, it's it, you could literally, literally, if you take a minute mm-hmm. yep. a day, it will change your life. It, literally, it, but but you know, and when you start a minute for the mind to calm down is a pretty long time. Yeah, but if you just do it for a minute and then you know work, you know, two minutes, three minutes, but even just a minute, it's it's going to make a world of difference. It's great, I love it. It's fantastic. Thank you so much for that. I hope everybody enjoyed that one. That's that's really good stuff. So you're you're uh, you're back and you so MTV's not working out for you. Nope. So you, I, it's like you need to make money. You're living in Manhattan. Well, at the time, at the time, I was living at home with my parents in Staten okay. Island. Okay. Um, you know, New, still New York City. But, yeah. Um, but don't want to live with my parents, of course. You know. <laughs> um, so that's not totally unacceptable today i mean there are people that live with their parents and they're in their 40s and 50s <laughs> that's just that's sad it's really sad because I they're know. not living their full potential they're just no. you know, so it's sad i, I mm-hmm. um yeah so i study get it get into law school i i go to law school i actually enjoyed law school i actually love school i love learning mm-hmm. i loved law school practicing law um i graduated in 2008 and that's when the big recession hit yeah so um getting a a, a a great job was not on the radar but it's so I, it was fine i, I still re- i got contract jobs and it was fine but i i definitely did not enjoy it it was super long it was tedious dull i did not enjoy practicing law some people love it and it's for them it's just it's mm-hmm. not for me 
Um, so how did you know that? Is there anything that, that you knew you just, you just didn't, when you got up in the morning, a lot of people get up in the morning and they just like, they dread going to work. Cause I was like that before I started my own businesses. I just, I was like almost sick that I had to go to work. And then I dreaded Sunday nights cause I knew Monday I had to go back there. So I don't know if you had that same kind of feeling when you were, it was, it was for me, it wasn't dreading for me. It was like, I was, I felt like I was kind of dying a little bit on the inside. I wasn't mm. growing. I felt dull. I just, you know, just going through the motions of life without really living. Oh, I love that. So that's, that's how I knew that was not the place for me. I just, I'm just writing this down. I just, Oprah has a super soul Sunday. She has these tweetable moments and I've just tried, I just try to find in the, in these podcasts, the, the, uh, the, the name of the podcast, what I'm going to title it in motions of life without really living is that's, that's kind of really beautiful. Uh, so go on. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, and then while, while working in the law field, I met my husband who is an architect and he's, an amazing architect he's truly an artist he has been lucky where in high school he took a class and he absolutely loved it and he knew since high school that he wanted to be an architect so but he was working you know and he's a super loyal guy where he worked at the same job since college Mm -hmm. for seven years which for manhattan is a very long time for someone who just got out of school and uh and he was a great employee, you know, amazing employee, super loyal, never asked for a raise until he started dating me. And then he saw he needed a raise. <laughs> um, yeah. And then he needed a raise. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and I saw how he would literally come home at three o'clock in the morning sometimes. And I saw how great he was and he wasn't treated very nicely. But the, my, the point of all of that is just, if you're working so hard and you're so good at what you do, I, I said to him, we should try having our own business. We should definitely, you know, that's, that's the American dream. And my parents, they have their own business. They had it for over 25 years. They, they still work seven days a week, but I, I could just see them. They're, they really, they, they're happy. They're, they're lit up. They enjoy what they do. And I think it's more having to do with having the freedom, the um, connecting level. Um, And uh, so that's, so I suggested that and, you know, and he's. So was that your first, was that your first thought of, you know, doing your own thing, you know, just, you know, doing your own business, becoming an entrepreneur. And, and the second question is how open was your husband to that? It was definitely my, my first thing, my first real thing for Mm -hmm. sure. And uh, my husband was very open to it because he's also just like me. He's an immigrant. He came from the former Soviet Union when he was nine years old. Mm-hmm. So um, in, in the, in the um, Russian Jewish communities, most pe- a lot of people have their own businesses. You know, mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they're doing the whole American dream um, yeah. thing, which, so, which is nice to have that, to see how people, are doing really well they do work very hard um but it's at least they see the fruits of their labor so so as far as were you guys worried about um security or any kind of you know what if this doesn't work anything like that 
was there any any kind of negative thoughts that went through your mind to try to you know why we shouldn't do this no not for me because i had so many layers of what i felt like was protection i have my my spiritual life where um you know i would meditate on this and it was definitely yes do this go for it that i also had we we have we have careers worst case scenario he could always go and get a job in an architecture firm and worst case scenario i could always go and get another job at a law firm so in that regard we had i had zero fear and at the time we didn't have a child so i just it was for me it was a no-brainer we had to go for it see i love that because that's that's how that's how i was it's like okay if this doesn't work i have you know i have my degree i have experience i can go get a job anywhere i want and, and make money again. So kind of, you, you don't have any fear if you have that to fall back on. So how do you, what do you tell people that, you know, these entrepreneurs that are starting out that, you know, they kind of, they want to do this entrepreneurial thing. However, they have no, they have no savings to, to get them going. I mean, it, we had, it, we had no savings. We had no savings at all. Wow. Um, so, um, Okay, so what I would say is definitely minimize your expenses. And if it's two of you, if, if, you, know, if you have a significant other in the, in the household, first have one person go out on their own. And then once you see the business is taking off, then have the other person join. So my husband started in, it was September 2011. And then in December... Uh, the business took, you know, took off and he needed my help. And then I uh, joined him. So for the first couple of months, we had one income coming in. Mm-hmm. So that was helpful. But then once we saw the money coming in from the business, I, I quit my job and joined him. That's incredible. That's so awesome. Very cool. And you know, oh. that these days everyone talks about having a side hustle. So definitely just start out on the side. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Such valuable, uh, you know, information to give somebody because that's what I did. You know, I was working, you know, for, you know, corporate America and I started my side hustle on the side on the weekends after work on my vacations. I was even doing side hustling. And that's another way, another way to get through it. If you if you're afraid, if you don't have any savings and you're afraid, afraid of leaving that security, you know, that's awesome. Very cool. So you guys decided you're, you're sitting there. It's like, okay, let's let. Where do we start? Where did you guys start? You made a decision that you're going to start your own business. How did those first couple of, you know, the conversation you guys had? What was that? You know, the first couple of months all about? Because you started a business and you had no clients, right? Zero, zero clients. Um, you know, like as I mentioned, my husband is a super loyal, amazing employee. So he told his former former employers that, um, you know, he's thinking of going out on his own and he doesn't want to start any projects to keep them hanging. He doesn't want to, you know, uh, he doesn't want to do anything that would jeopardize uh, their relationship with their clients and, you know, their, you know, their workflow. And, uh, and he said, and years prior, they talked about having him as a partner. So, you know, none of that came into fruition. Mm-hmm. And, um, so basically he was, he was, you know, he was done because they, they promised him things that they didn't, you know, deliver on. And he went out, he went out on his own, no clients, not, you know, nothing. And, 
and he basically, and, and I mentioned I have my, my spiritual teacher who had an office on Wall Street, and he happened to have um, a spare room, like a spare secretary's room that they used to call back in the day, and yeah. he allowed us to use it as our first office space. So thank God it didn't, we didn't have, we didn't need to invest much money. Just he bought a computer, a new computer, and he only had the office space. So the and, overhead was very, very limited. Yes. Very. So, yeah. So yeah. So a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs out there, they get into business. I know I made that mistake a couple of years into my business. We went out and got this huge office space with all these new desks, a, a conference room table, you know, all this stuff. And it was an IT company and everybody was on the road. Yeah. <laughs> so it was such a, a waste of money, especially when you're first starting out. It's so, it's so critical to, to do things cheap. You get some, some banquet tables, some uh, folding chairs and, and, and start the business that way, you know, to save yeah. expenses in the beginning. Right? Yeah. It, yes. You know, cash is, is the blood flow of any business. Mm-hmm. So do everything and anything to minimize the, you know, the blood flowing out basically. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, if we didn't have that office space, we would totally start from our apartment that, you know, all you need is a phone and a computer for most, from, yeah, for most service businesses, accounting, anything, you could just, Mm -hmm. you could just start from home. Yep. And uh, so, so basically the first couple of months he was, you know, creating his own website, even, you know, even though he's not a website designer, you know, doing things like he had zero, zero business sense and zero business experience. And, and me, me too. We had no idea what we were doing. Um, but he, he called a couple of people and just let them know that he's on his own. And, and because he is such an amazing architect and people know how great his work is and his work ethic, they, um, they gave him a shot. And, uh, yeah, and, so, and, and, yeah, go ahead. And that, you know, and that, and that's all, that's, that's what it really took to take for the business to take off his so reputation. He, so when he, when he was, you know, you said he was de- developing his own website. I think a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners get hung up on all this branding and I need a website. I need to do, I need to do X, Y, Z. We have to have our own t-shirts. We have to have shirts. We have to have a logo, a tagline, and all this other stuff. That's so untrue, isn't it? Oh my God! Yeah, that's just frivolous stuff. That's unnecessary. It's, you know, it's nice, but it's so unnecessary, especially in the beginning. In the beginning, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, be excellent at what you do, and ha- and do your best to have an amazing reputation and connect with people that can potentially help you. Um, I think that's the number one thing. It's great. So he he had an awesome reputation, and he just reached out to friends, Little, friends, and, associates. Yeah, like associates that he worked in the past. L- like literally a couple, because also um, he's he's an, he's mostly an introvert. He's not that social he's not you know a salesperson to say the least so he was never one of those people to keep in contact with people he 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 didn't even have people's phone numbers he had to find them somehow um (laughs) because because he purely at heart is 
is a great architect. Like he loves his craft. So he would just concentrate on being an amazing architect. He was never into networking. He was never into building relationships. So it was, and, and he had no idea that he should do that. So definitely an artist. Definitely an artist. Through definitely through. an artist. And yeah. so, so let's just talk about an introvert for a second, because everybody throws those labels out there and they think that if they're an introvert, there's no way they can, own, they could be an entrepreneur and own in their own, and own their own business. And that is so false, right? So false, yes. Um, an introvert just means that, to me, it means that you're more comfortable and enjoy um, being, you know, being quietness and just being with a couple of people that you really know, that know <laughs> you, that, you know, you, you enjoy your, your, time with yourself you know you're you're you know, just being more in um reading nature yeah. things that are more solo activities or a couple of people that you know really well as opposed to an extrovert who will for the most part will talk with anyone and everyone <laughs> and you know which is so, me i'm an extrovert so I were love... you always a, were you always an extrovert prima were you always one was I always an extrovert? Yes, a hundred percent. So always. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was a convert. You know, I was. I was always an introvert. I just didn't like talking to people. And then I don't know. I transformed were somewhere. You, were you an? In, what about when you were a little kid? Uh, no, I was an extrovert when I was a little kid. See, I was I, always yeah. the one organizing things with my friends. Yeah, I was an entrepreneur. I was doing yard sales and and creating shows and doing carnivals when I was I was doing all that stuff. And then somehow going through, uh, I think high school and co- high school and college, I kind of I kind of went into my own little little space. And then I went my met my wife, and uh, she she brought me out of my proverbial introvert closet, so to say. I, I, my theory is I think we're all born extroverts. We all want to connect and socialize and have fun with other human beings. But yeah. then down, down the road, we get hurt one way or another and we feel a little safer just being internal. But I think like our true nature is to enjoy each other and have fun with each other, and, and which is being what one would label extrovert. It's beautiful. So if you can give anybody a hint out there if they're an introvert... If they want to become an entrepreneur, is there anything you can give any kind of tip or anything to get them out of that that limiting belief that you know that I can do this? Um, it's all you know. It's all about self acceptance. Just know that, you, that you're more than enough, and the people mm-hmm. on the other ends of the phone or you know across from you, they you know they're more concerned about themselves than you. So no matter what you say or do, for the most part, it's they're not they're not really judging. They're not, they're just thinking, how is it going to help them? Yeah. That's amazing. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love it. Awesome stuff. So, so you and your husband, uh, so you guys started out, you're going through and he, so, he got yeah. So he, yeah, he got, he got projects, but then, you know, he was, he was just an, not just, he was an architect, but wait, once you get projects, there's, there's, contracts proposals billing there's a whole array of things in running a business which he hadn't had about right so that's when i stepped in um beautiful wife the attorney so what a (laughs) what a match made in heaven right i i yeah i guess so Mm -hmm. 
Yep. So that's when I come in with, you know, I, I know how to read contracts, um, you know, compliance, making sure we're doing everything legally and running a business, making sure we're set up co- correctly. And then once we start hiring people, you know, making sure we're following all the HR laws. Um, so, you know, that's when I came in, you know, I came in handy because and I didn't know any of this stuff, but I didn't, but you know, I think law school prepared me and how to figure it out. So, um, but Google was my best friend, just like Google <laughs> thank God anyone's like Google best then. friend. Yeah. Thank God for Google. <laughs> yep. So, uh, so when was the point where you said, okay, we need to move out of this little office that was, was there a point? You know, client-wise, you know, yeah, project-wise that you guys needed to make that jump. And what, it, what was going through your head at that point? We had, you know, my, my husband, Alex, and three other employees working nonstop in that little tiny office. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and we wanted to get more office space in that building, but it's Manhattan. And they were converting it to a hotel or something. So, um so we found another office space in the neighborhood and which, which is our current office space. And it's, it's really, we like it and it's nice and roomy and, um, and it's still in the neighborhood and, uh, and this neighborhood is blossoming. So we're happy we're still here. So when you were choosing, so you wanted to stay in that neighborhood. A lot of people get hung up. Like when I first started my business, we needed a Boston address and we were so hung up on, on that. I'm not sure why did, did that, you know, did that come into play when you guys were discussing yes. office space and location and, you know, the best architects are in Manhattan? Is that exactly kind of, so? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I, yeah. So I think our business is a little different. I think most businesses, it doesn't really matter where they're located. The reason we, it's extremely helpful for us to be in Manhattan is because not even because of the clients, it's because of the talent. Most people in the world, you know, a lot of them come to New York City to make it big in architecture, to have cool projects. So this is where our talent pool is. So that's so that's why we're we're kind of married to Manhattan right now. And that's makes so much sense because you don't want to go out to New Jersey and have somebody coming in, you know, an hour and a half in traffic or two hours of traffic from uh from Manhattan into New Jersey to work for you guys. Awesome. Yep, that, yeah. Very cool. Okay, so you guys, you know, you had three employees and then you said, okay, we're gonna go get this this new office space and uh so how did that how did that you know did you keep getting more customers did you bring on any kind of you know salespeople? or was it just pretty much your husband doing doing the kind of selling so um you know so our clients we have really great you know big corporate clients um and so they kept on giving us more work and then when you know um uh, and then we just Purely through word of mouth, we, we keep on getting more and more clients. <clears throat> but at the same time, it goes back to, you know, not, ex- not you know, expanding bigger than you need to be. Um, I think we're, we're very efficient and we know how to, you know, how to do things um, in a way where we don't need to hire too many people. So um, we're growing, but I feel, but I think we're growing at a, nice slow steady pace so when you say that um you try you, you try to be as as efficient as as possible and yes. you don't want to grow, grow too fast what does that what does that kind of mean growing too fast and 
you know, a lot of people want to get in there and they want to go, they want to, you know, we're going to a million miles an hour and they want to grow, grow, grow. And then I personally think that's a huge mistake. I just wanted your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think if you're in, in the business to make a profit, it's all about what, you know, what the bottom line is. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how big or small you are. It's about the bottom line. Um, you know, my, my husband, who is an artist, you know, the reason he would want to be bigger is because potentially if you're bigger, you could get bigger projects. So that's another reason. Uh, But it's, to me, it's unnecessary. If anything, it's easier to be smaller. You have less people to manage. Yes. Less people. I kind of call it, I don't know how your employees got, but I kind of call it back in those days was babysitting. Um. It's it's not not even that. it's like you know you mentor you teach and people mm-hmm. are not as loyal as they used to be like you said you know your grandparents had one job their whole lives you know now they're people are taught in colleges they to and go to go somewhere else to get more experience you know, new exposure so it's not even babysitting it's actually like teaching and investing into people and then they leave yeah so it's it's and and my. And my husband gets really attached to people. So it's, it, it's, you know, it's painful. Yeah. You build relationships, you build relationship you build, with your employees. I mean, yeah. And you actually build them and, and build, you know, help them build their career and you watch them grow and blossom. And so, and, and then they leave. Yeah. And it's like, and you know, that was, that was one of the most frustrating things, especially in IT, you know, you bring these, these people and these employees in and you train them, you send them to schools, they get certifications, they get all this stuff. And then they leave. And it's yeah. like, wow, it's just, it's, it, it's kind of frustrating. So I agree a hundred percent with the thought of keeping it small because what you said is it's the bottom line. You know, you got cash, you know, cash is coming in. You got dedicated, great clients. Why, why is there a need to, to drive it bigger? You know, like, yes. Why? The, the only reason I would, I would think for us is to get, you know, potentially bigger projects, but we could always scale up. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard, especially find you know the talent. It's it's if you need it last you know last minute, it's hard to find excellent talent, especially last minute. But I think it's worth it as opposed to having all these people, you know, having a huge overhead, and um, and and they're and not being efficient. No, that's that's so true. So as far as you just mentioned talent, uh, we had a lot of problems in our business finding talent. You guys have come across that same thing. It's it's very competitive out there. Yes, New York City is super competitive, um, and and um, you know. Are you, guys, have... are you guys using any kind of how are you guys attracting that talent? I mean, is there anything you guys are doing different than anybody else? That if you want to share that, you don't have to. If it's some kind of secret. No, there, there are no secrets. I I think you know um, we also tend to specialize in retail architecture. So I think some people come to us because they're attracted to that type of architecture. I think some people come to us because they prefer to be at a smaller place because they know they'll learn a lot, which they do. So I, th- I think people come to us just because of who we are. We don't do anything where, you know, I, th- I think we, I believe based on my research, we pay, um, um, you know, good salaries. We have, most of the benefits, if not all of any big firm. So, you know, people are comfortable coming to us in that regard. Um, we're not, we don't do anything 
special to entice people in, except we are who we are. And uh, if you want to join us, we'd love to have you. Just be prepared to to work. Yes, I love it. I mean, I think I think that the smaller companies, the smaller businesses, that it's more of like a family, you know, more like a family atmosphere, which I think is I think is fantastic. It, yeah, it literally is because, you know, we're married and then my daughter comes by after preschool all the time. So <laughs> running around. And and we always encourage that whenever we have parties or anything, we always encourage to bring your significant other and we like that family atmosphere. Yeah, I agree. That works very well. Uh we did the same thing when I had my IT business. So you just mentioned uh, you know, relationships. I just how uh how is working with your husband? Huh. <laughs> great question is that a i want to know the how was i want to know yeah go ahead so just to give you a little bit of background my husband and i got married 10 months after knowing each other and then um and then 11 months after that i'm sorry then yeah 11 months after that we opened the business and oh my god and, yeah, and so and we just celebrated our our eighth wedding anniversary. So majority of our marriage and knowing each other is running the business. Wow. Yeah. So it 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 was it was and definitely challenging, especially because him and I are very different, and we look at things differently, and we're both type A, and that we think we're right. <laughs> so yeah, we would come at it. You know. It's, it was difficult and yep. um yeah but i i wisened up and i i i let i let him take the lead um at the end of the day it is an architecture firm he's the architect so i i think you know he he it's definitely his his boat to be the captain of and uh you know i recently learned about masculine and feminine energy and um so yes so now I, I, and I also learned about being more of a business owner versus an operator. So Love it. We, yeah. So we hired someone to, to do basically 80% of what I used to do, which has been working out beautifully. That's fantastic. But it, it didn't happen overnight. This is the fourth person we hired. So there's a lot of trial and error to have someone to replace you. Of course there is. I mean, I mean, that's, that's, that's difficult, especially as us, as you know, business owners, entrepreneurs are in it. It's hard for us to give those controls over to everybody because we have that belief in our mind that nobody can do it like we can. And, and they can't do it like you, they do it their way. Right. Which, which could be even better, you know? And I find if we put the right processes, processes, procedures in place, anybody can do anybody's job, you know? from a business perspective yeah. that's kind of where i where i come from not you know not you know actually designing a building i'm talking about the nuts and bolts yes. running running yes. a, running a business on the back end yes definitely so you guys wow you guys are just 10 months and then you got then you open the business 11 months so you guys have been just going that, that yes. is that is incredible so um how do you guys, I mean, this is because there's a lot of entrepreneurs that the husband and wife, I mean, my wife and I owned a couple of businesses together. Um, separating, you know, when you get home, is there any, do you guys try to not to talk about business when you're at home? Um, I don't think we try, 
try not to. I just, I make a, I just don't, mm-hmm. unless there's a pressing issue. Okay. I just, I just, I rather, you know, us have our family time with our daughter. But okay. you know, it it comes up, it it comes up. But I just, I, I'm. I, this is where my spirituality, you know, kicks in. I'm pretty good at turning on and off certain things that are happening. Mm-hmm. So that's you know goes back to controlling one's mind. Okay, I love it, love it. So like, just I got, I would just wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Have you ever gotten any advice at any point in your life from a business perspective that was was kind of bad advice? Bad advice. Bad advice. Um. Um. It's it's not advice, but just watching my parents. They, mm-hmm. you know, they they're small business owners for twenty five years, and they kept it small. And I think because they just did not um, trust enough in others to expand. So watching, so watching that, um, I think you know, in the beginning when we started our business, I, I was not as trusting just, just because that's, that was my example of how to run a business. Gotcha. And what about anybody that gave you this, this, this amazing advice that, you know, you think about today and say, wow, thank God somebody said that, that, that thing to me, anything like that, that off the top of your head that you could think of? Well, you know, obviously, um, Tony Robbins teaching, um, the, the, the three roles in the business artist entrepreneur and uh, manager leader that was just that was mind-blowing it's like oh of course I can't be all three and yeah (laughs) but we so think we can we we have this complex oh I could do it all and it's so untrue so untrue that and and just being aware that there's a separation you know we just like oh yeah we just knowing that that exists it's like oh of course yeah and um (laughs) that's huge and being business owner versus a business operator that was huge operator meaning you you work day in and day out and you do everything versus an owner where you own the business but hire others to do things for you that's huge but again on that on that point in the beginning we all have to be business owners right like you guys a hundred percent unless you're you know a trust fund baby and have unlimited funds and you just oh, what is that a trust fund baby <laughs> yeah right so so you guys are right now in that in that uh in that stage in, in that that stage of your business that you're trying to become you're becoming a business owner you know as you're trying to hire somebody to do all that that back end stuff is that correct we're 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 in a couple of stages where you know because we we mainly do a lot of retail and as we know retail is not as huge as it used to be, we we're pivoting where we're doing other architecture types, which is you know fun and interesting for us. Um, we're also we we last year we took the time we had one employee her whole sole job was to set up processes and systems. Mm. even including for projects so now we're a lot more um systemized where you know it's we're we're doing our best to you know have someone come in and be able to run projects without as much training without as much hand holding gotcha yep and yeah i'm definitely more of a business owner than an operator now and um 
my husband still loves the work very much, but he's, you know, we're, we're looking for someone to take, um, a bunch off his plate and be, you know, we're looking for the manager leader for the office. He's still definitely the artist. We're looking for the manager leader. Right. And, and this, the, and, the, and the artist role, he, he loves what he does. He just enjoys Absolutely. creating. So yeah. he's never going to want to not do that. So yeah. when, cause like when I, when I talk to people, you know, entrepreneurs about business owner and operator, they get kind of hung up that, you know, well, but I, I love to create and there's this, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's not really being a business operator. That's doing what you love. You yes. know, outsourcing all that other crap, that's yep. being a business owner. And then taking the jobs that you want to take, that's being a business owner as well. Yeah. And yes. not being not being having to be in that office every day, not being able to take vacations, not being, you know, on a vacation, have somebody be calling your phone saying that something's blowing up and you really can't do anything about it at that point. Yeah. It reminds me of the analogy that Tony Robbins uses. Uh, the difference between being rich and poor, which is having to do versus get to do. Yes, I love so, it. Yeah. Yep. So as as a business owner, you you know you you get to do whatever you want to do versus an operator, you have to do it in order to keep the business running. I love that having to do as opposed. To, I got it. Perfect. Awesome. So let me ask you one question. I love asking this question to people. Are there any sacrifices that you had to make? you know, during this, this journey that you've been on any sacrifices? No, not at all. This was, it's, it's been such a beautiful growing process. Yes. You know, I'm sure if, if my husband and I had our, you know, our jobs, we would not maybe fight as much or, but the thing is it made us grow. It made us become deeper as a couple, as human beings, as as, as a human being on, on an individual level. So I no no sacrifices whatsoever. I think it's been such a beautiful journey. It's been hard, but it's it's so rewarding on so many levels. So when it gets hard, what 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 keeps you what keeps you going? You know, I like to ask the question about, you know, back against the wall. What what keeps you going forward when, you know, you get something that comes up in the business that it's kind of, uh, you know, it's a setback or whatever it is. You know, what do you what do you say to yourself to keep, you know, pushing forward? Um, so we, you know, to, to give an example, we're in, in retail, and you know, retail took a, a big dive, um, mm-hmm. you know, and our our business was basically in half of what it used to be at one point. And it, what kept my husband going is he really loves what he does. So there was really no. It was like, what else would he be doing? So the love of what he does kept him going. For me, it's my spirituality. It's okay. I I just continue going because that's you know that's who I am. I just go forward. So it's the passion, you know, the passion. You know, um, is, it, is it the passion for your husband? I think. Oh, for my husband, one hundred percent. It's the passion. It's it, for and for me, it's just it's you have to move forward. You can't turn back. You just keep going. I love it. Move forward. It's like, you know, that saying, um, you know, if, if you're in hell, keep going, right? Um, whatever. Do you know what I'm yeah. talking about? That saying, yeah. yeah. If you're going through hell, keep going. Keep going, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that one, too. Um, so just give me a, give me a few minutes uh, on uh, where you're going next. You know, you talked, I think you talked to life coaching, spirituality coaching, 
what is that going to look like for you, you know, yeah. going forward? So that's, you know, my passion is, is helping people get to their true source, to their true nature. So my next step is I, I would love to um, life coach using spiritual um, practices to get to their body, to, to get to who they truly are. So, so I'm, I'm in the process of um, formulating, see what's, you know, what the best way to bring that about and just basically help people do what, what I was helped to do. You know, I think, I think the gifts that we're given and the opportunities that we're given, we're given at, at the time for yourself, but then ultimately to share that with others. Mm-hmm. So I was helped a lot, you know, when I was, you know, when I was depressed, when I was, you know, 20, 22, 21. So when I had my spiritual awakening, if you want to call it that, you know, and throughout these years, I had so many beautiful experiences and so many beautiful insights. And I, I feel like it's, it's not, it's my kind of my responsibility to really share, not kind of, it, it really is because, it's, you know, it, it goes back to, you know, you don't want to just play by yourself. You want to play with, with people that, that, that are happy and, and, you know, that, that are enjoying themselves. So it's kind of going back to when you're a kid, you, you just want to play and by helping and sharing and teaching and showing you're, you get to all play together and have a lot more fun. I, I love that so much, Prima, that that responsibility we have, because, you know, I, I'm in the same same position that, you know, I lost my son three years ago and I, and I felt like, you know, at some level, you know, God wanted me to, to help other bereaved parents that lost children. And that's that's one of my biggest, biggest things that I'm, that I'm working on right now is is doing that. And I feel that it's my responsibility to do it. You know, because I was being, I've been given the gifts and the tools to, um, to kind of, you know, get to the other side of that grief, whatever that means to people. But I feel as though that not doing that, like you not doing that spirituality coaching would be a disservice to mankind. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, it goes back to our gifts are truly, uh, I mean, our problems are truly our gifts. Because in those problems, we learn so much. And then it's our duty to, to continue on and pay it forward and help others. So, And I think that's just an amazing, an amazing thing to that, you know, just what you said about what entrepreneurs should be thinking about when they, they have this, this idea that they want to change the world, whatever their idea is that, you know, if you don't do it, you don't try it, you're doing a disservice not only to yourself, but, but to the world. And if you don't evolve, you repeat and you don't want to continue repeating over and over and over the same stuff. One, you know, we need to all move forward. So. Fantastic. This, this has been so amazing. Wow. I love this. This is, this has been a great, great chat. Really, really. Yes, me too. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Rich. I really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, no worries at all. So billboard, I asked, you know, if you had a billboard and you could, put it out there for entrepreneurs. If there's, you know, a little quote that you would put out there, what would you put on it to, you know, inspire an entrepreneur? Hmm, That's a good question. It will all work out better than you thought. Oh, I love it. It will all work out better than you thought. Awesome. Oh my God, that's that's beautiful. 
that's beautiful. That that is so inspiring. Uh, I get goosebumps. <laughs> so Prima, thank you so much. Uh, do you want to share, uh, you know, where they can find your your architect firm? You know, on the web. Yeah. Yeah, the name of the architecture firm is Alexander Zilberman Architecture, and our website is azarchdesign.com. And um, if you're on Instagram, um, I would, you know, I would love to connect. And my um, Instagram name is Ignite Your Spiritual Magic. And yeah, thank you. This That's awesome. Great. And I'll post this. I'll post the website and your Instagram stuff uh, underneath the. Um the title of the uh when we uh, release the podcast so everybody will have that there as well great perfect thank you awesome thank you so much prima again this has been so so much fun and i loved learning all this stuff about you i feel like Me i know too. you're at a different level and tell your husband I, I can't wait to meet him someday he sounds so awesome yeah were, were you in hawaii at, at the relationship trip uh no i wasn't okay because we had an intervention so maybe like you would have remembered were you there with um dimple Yes. Okay. Yeah, I heard that's. I wish it was on that one. <laughs> I heard it was pretty amazing. Yeah, it was. It was good. Yeah. Are you going to be a whistler? Yes. Okay. Yes, so, so we're coming. My husband and I were coming just to ski and hang out and party. So. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yes, yeah, so I'll see you there. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Are okay. you going to come for the pre-plaid party? Yes. Perfect. Yeah. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna be there as well. Awesome, Prima. Thank you so much again. This has been fantastic, and I, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. And when I have a podcast, potentially, will, will you? Will you? I would open? love to. I would love to. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon. Yes. Bye. Bye. Hey, Richie here, and I want to thank you guys for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if there are any other entrepreneurs out there that are, that have an amazing story, that they overcome adversity, challenges, and obstacles, please send me an email at uh, what's up at richiepryor.com, W-H-A-T-S, up at richiepryor.com. And in the subject line, put uh, podcast. I'll put whatever you want. I don't give a shit. Just Send me an email at that address if you're an entrepreneur and you got an amazing story. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, I love my guests. And uh, thanks again for listening. Peace out.